Good morning, and welcome to this time of worship at Houghton Wesleyan Church. The call to worship is from Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Please stand and join me for the responsive prayer of invocation. O Lord, hear our prayer. Listen to our cry for mercy. The enemy pursues us. He crushes us to the ground. Answer us quickly, O Lord. Our spirits fail. Let the morning bring us word of your unfailing love, for we have put our trust in you. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve our lives. In your righteousness, bring us out of trouble.
Amen. That, that is the word that uh, brings us together. A mighty fortress is our God. We're so glad that you are here in worship today. Take a moment and share a word of peace, a word of grace and greeting with others who are here this morning. to uh, bring to your attention as we gather today. Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the season of Lent, and we will host a service here at 6.30 Wednesday evening. We'd love to have you be a part of it. If Ash Wednesday is a, is a new thing to you, it is a, it's a powerful service of symbol and of um, engaging God maybe in some ways that we might not normally. So we hope that uh, you'll be a part of this gathering Wednesday evening. Also, Wednesday is the beginning, uh, as we begin Lent, the beginning of the community Bible experience where we're reading through the New Testament uh, through the 40 days of Lent, uh, finishing up the Saturday before Easter. There are bookmarks in the back with the the daily readings on them. Uh, The readings are not uh, according to the way the New Testament is laid out now, but more chronologically, beginning with Luke and then Acts and then uh, putting the various letters into it as we move through the readings. We'd love to have us uh, a great group of people reading together as we think about the, the uh, New Testament during the season of Lent. So you can pick up one or more of those if you need them in the back. And there's also an insert in your bulletin about the uh, women's gathering this Saturday. And there's a sign-up sheet in the back related to that as well. And please note next Sunday is the beginning of Daylight Saving Time. And you want to uh, move your clocks forward. You may have noticed, if you had a chance to read the introductory paragraph in the bulletin, that we are doing something different today. Um, you'll hear more about that as we move forward. But as a staff, we felt like uh, we, we needed to, uh, to ad- uh, address some uh, things that were going on in the community and in our lives as a church. And uh, so we are going to spend some time praying this morning. And I'll talk more about that in a few moments. But uh, we are anticipating uh, God's grace on us as we pray together.
Our first scripture reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. Hear the word of the Lord. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, Even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the word of the Lord. As the ushers come forward to receive our tithes and offerings, join me in singing the Gloria Patri. You see each one of us right now, and you know our hearts and minds. No matter how we feel and what our circumstances, help us to each to find reasons to be thankful. And in this spirit of thanksgiving, we give back to you. Amen. A foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he has said? To you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. 
Fear not, I am with you, oh, be not dismayed. For I am your God and will still give you aid. I'll strengthen you, help you, and cause you to stand. Upheld by my gracious, omnipotent hand. When through the deep waters I call you to go, the rivers of sorrow will not overflow. For I will be with you your troubles to bless and sanctify to you your deepest distress. When through fiery trials your pathway will lie, my grace all sufficient shall be your supply. The flame shall not hurt you, I only design. Your dross to consume and your gold to refine. The soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose. I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake. I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake. I'll never, no, never, no, never Our second scripture reading is found in James, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Hear the word of the Lord. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. This is the word of the Lord.
Please be seated. It struck us as a staff this week that as a church, as a community here in Houghton, as the wider communities that where we live and places we touch, that there are a lot of things happening, perhaps maybe even more things than we've experienced in some time. There are there have been some recent deaths, and we've had a, actually a number of funerals in the last few weeks. There are people dealing with significant illnesses and diseases, struggles. Just this morning, Kristen uh, Sanis' grandfather died after a lengthy illness. Uh, Bonnie Zemanski, whom, for whom we've been praying for a while, is uh, near death. And, and there are others who are going through very serious uh, types of illness and struggles. And, and there are other things that aren't necessarily related to physical issues, but just things that are, seem to be in turmoil and, and struggles and stresses and pressures. And as we talked and, and prayed and thought about it this week, we, we, we wondered how should we respond, not just as a pastoral staff, but as a church. And, and it seemed to us clear that the most profound thing we could do would be to pray. And when we think about prayer, there are, there, there's so much that we don't understand. We join people through the centuries who try to figure out prayer. We try to get our, our hands, our minds around all the facets of prayer. And, and we learn much. There are people who, for whom uh, God has revealed ideas and thoughts and understanding about prayer. And we value that and we learn from it. But there is still so much that we don't understand. Because prayer is about God. And ultimately there are things about God that we simply cannot quite grasp. And that's frustrating to us because we like to understand everything and we like to be able to 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 tie things like prayer up and put it in a box and wrap it and put a nice bow on it and say we've got it but prayer is one of those elements of our faith that quite frankly can feel a little bit elusive at times and there are always ways in which people twist and and corrupt biblical ideas of prayer and so that makes us hesitant to even sometimes to involve ourselves too much in prayer because we don't want to be associated with that and so we go to other extremes and we have all these things going through our minds and when we read the scriptures there is much in the scripture that teaches us about prayer the two passages we read this morning have something to say to us about how we pray and why we pray and and elements of prayer and they're important and they're helpful But ultimately, when we boiled it down, the scripture's primary focus is not to teach us about prayer, but to call us to pray. And that's what we want to do today. In James' letter, he says, if people are in trouble, if people are sick, if there are difficulties among you, Gather the elders together, anoint them with oil, lay hands on them, pray for them. And that's what we're going to do today. 
In a few moments, we're going to open up the altar. And we're going to invite those of you who would like to come forward. And the pastoral staff and the elders of the church are, are, will be here to anoint you with oil, to lay hands on you, to pray for you. Now, the reason we use oil is, is not because there is some magic element to it. It doesn't supercharge our prayers in some way. But oil throughout Scripture represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when we place oil on someone's head as we pray for them, we are declaring the Spirit of God is present here. The Spirit of God is at work in this person for whom we are praying. And we want to acknowledge that and symbolize it, much like light symbolizes the presence of God. And laying hands on people... Again, James says that we ought to do that, and, and, and there is great power in touch. We use touch all the time. We shake hands. We put our arms around others. We hug one another. And when that touch is intentional, it has, it has almost an electric kind of energy to it. If you've ever been on the, on, on the other side of prayer where someone was praying for you and they put their hand on you, you know what I'm talking about. There is something in that touch that communicates support and love and the grace of God that mere words cannot. And we pray. And we want to pray honestly, we want to pray courageously, we want to pray boldly, because God calls us to that. It is an act of faith that we pray, and we pray for God to heal. We pray for God to to work miraculously in people, in circumstances, in situations. And we, we shouldn't be afraid to pray bold prayers. Sometimes we don't because we're afraid, what if God doesn't do what we're asking him to do? But that's not our responsibility. That's God's responsibility. We're just simply told to pray. And then we leave it to him. And we pray that way because we believe God knows what he's doing. And God is bigger than us. And the answers that God gives, whatever they may be, are always best for us. And when we pray boldly, when we pray courageously, it increases our faith as well as acknowledging that God is bigger than we sometimes give him credit for. And of course, we can pray those kinds of prayers because of the one to whom we are offering our prayers. Jesus says in the passage in Luke that we read that we ought to knock and seek and ask. And the, the language there is to keep on knocking, keep on seeking, keep on asking. Why? Because we're praying to a father who loves us. We aren't praying, trying to manipulate God because he's got a clenched fist and we're trying to pray, we're trying to pry God's answers out of his fist that he doesn't want to give us. We pray because God wants to do more for us than we can dream or imagine. And we who are human parents who love to give good gifts to our children, Jesus says, can't even begin to compare with our Heavenly Father who loves to give good gifts to His children. And prayer is one of the ways in which we acknowledge that 
and we intersect our minds and our hearts with what God wants to do and we open ourselves up to him to let him work in the situations about which we're praying and in us as we pray. And when we pray for, we pray particularly for healing, for miracles, I guess we could call it, we have to acknowledge that God responds to those in a variety of ways. When we talk about healing, God sometimes heals instantaneously, and we know it instantaneously. We tend to call that a miracle. Sometimes God heals instantaneously. We don't realize it until sometime later when we go to a doctor's appointment or all of a sudden we we realize, hey, I haven't dealt with that for a while. God often heals gradually. And it's at this place where God uses more often than not the medical profession. There are people who believe that if you pray in faith, then you ignore the medical profession. But we don't believe that. We believe that everything that medicine knows is because in some way or another, God has revealed it. And it is God's way of working through the gifts he's given to human beings. And ultimately, God's greatest healing is going to be heaven. So we pray believing in God's grace and God's goodness, God's power. And that's what we're going to do this morning. After we've prayed with all who want to come and come to the altar, and if coming to the altar is difficult for you, just have a seat in one of the red chairs and we will come to you. And after we've prayed for all who desire that, then we will open up prayer, a prayer time for, the, for all of us to pray. And those of you who would like to offer brief sentence prayers, maybe of praise or adoration or praying for people who um, may have been here or not, situations among us or some other things. And maybe this morning, the issue that you might come forward for is not for yourself, but you want to come for someone else. Maybe someone who's not here and you want to come and be anointed and prayed for and proxy for them. Please come and do that. And if you would like others to come and join you in prayer, ask them and have them come. So if you would like for us to pray for you, I want to invite you to come now. Come kneel at the altar, come sit in the chairs, but come and we will anoint you with oil. We will pray for you. We will ask for God's grace in your life and in your situation.
And if you would like to offer a, a brief word of thanksgiving, or a word of prayer for whatever need that uh, you know of, if you can, it might be helpful to stand where you are. And um, we'll just take a few moments to offer the prayers that are on our hearts. you always do. We do pray for your grace and mercy upon all who are in need today, here in this place, connected to us around the world. And we ask that you would work miraculously. We declare today that you are good and faithful and merciful. And we trust you. Because we know that you can do more than we can dream or imagine through the grace and power of the risen Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. He is able, more than able, to accomplish what concerns me today. He is able, more than able, to handle anything that comes my way. He is able, more Much more than I could ever dream. He is able, more than able, to make me what He wants me to be. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, who came among us to live, to die. And to rise again in new life. As we prepare to come to this table. We ask that you would pour out the abundance of your blessing. On these gifts. The bread and the cup. We pray that they would be food to our souls. As in the sacrament. We encounter you. In a powerful way. We ask Father that your Holy Spirit. Would be poured out upon these gifts. And upon us. That as we receive them. We may find nourishment. And your grace. And we ask this through Jesus. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed. He took bread. When he given thanks to the Father in heaven, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. On the same night, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks to the Father in heaven and gave it to his disciples saying, drink from this all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for your sins and the sins of all people. Every time you do this, 
Do it in remembrance of me. It seemed appropriate this morning as we have prayed together to also share the sacrament together. Prayer is such a, a, a community event. Such that We pray individually, but there is this sense of corporate prayer, prayer that is so central to what it means to be the church. And this sacrament is as well. It is, it is a sacrament that draws us to Christ. A sacrament in which we experience anew the grace of God in Christ. And as we watch each other come to the front and, and receive communion, we are reminded that we are part of something much bigger than just you or me, but us. And even as we contemplate that, even much bigger than just us. This morning we are receiving communion by the mode of intinction. As you're released by rose, come to the front, tear off a piece of bread, dip it into the cup, eat it. And then you may return to your seat by the outside aisle. If coming to the front is difficult for you, we have a tray of cups and bread and we're happy to serve you in your seat. We also realize that for some of you, uh, there is a, a gluten intolerance and so we have gluten wafers and cups of juice here. As you come to the front, just let me know and I will serve you those. I always like to mention that we practice open communion at the Wesleyan Church. Maybe the first time that you have ever worshipped here. But if you come today with your heart open to God, with a desire for God, and to know the grace of God in your life, then come and receive these gifts from the hands of our gracious, loving, Heavenly Father. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction he addeth his mercy. To multiply trials his multiplied peace. His love has no limit, His grace has no measure, His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of His infinite riches in Jesus, He giveth and giveth and giveth When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed, the day is half done. When we reach the end of 
grace has no Sorrow 
as we continue to sing together. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my the benediction. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you.